This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The Free Talk Live bulletin board system, fast approaching 180,000 posts. Check it out at bbs.freetalklive.com. All of the other features on our website, completely free. All right, so we're starting things out here tonight. Uh, As you know, Mark, we've been covering, and as you know, if you've been listening for the past week and a half, we've been covering the Ed Brown situation pretty heavily uh, here on Free Talk Live, tending to give an update at least on a a nightly basis. Well, he's nearby, and it's easier for us to do it. So, yeah, we we sort of of get to scoop everybody. Now, the reason, uh, well, the issue that I want to cover tonight actually has less to do with uh, an update on Ed Brown and more to do with what is essentially a divisive, Almost hit piece written about me. Really? That's great. Now, Ed Brown, he's he's holed up in his house uh, as we speak in Plainfield, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. He's a man, he's, he's in his early 60s, 63 years old, and he has decided that uh, he doesn't want to go to jail. And I don't blame him, because I wouldn't want to go to jail either, considering the fact that Ed Brown's done nothing wrong. Yep. He hasn't hurt anybody, he hasn't stolen from anybody. Of course, the government will claim that he's stolen from them, but they don't count. Uh, the government's angry at Ed Brown because Ed decided to keep the money that he earned for the past 10 years. He didn't send it to the IRS. In fact, he sent uh, messages to the IRS asking for them to show him the law that requires him to pay them money. They never did. And uh, what they did do, though, was wait a decade and then bring charges against him, throw him well, into a kangaroo court. Supposedly they, they did um, years later. You know, he, they, they responded to his letter years and yeah, years their res- later. Their response is always the same. It's always, oh, well, courts have ruled that our laws are, are there. We don't have to show them to you. That's their response. He didn't accept the certified letters that came years and years yeah. later, so he doesn't know what they said. Nonetheless, in every other instance that we've ever seen of the IRS ever responding to anyone on these questions, and Ed's not the only one who's ever asked. There are thousands of Americans who've asked the IRS I'm no these fan, questions. I'm no fan of the IRS, and you know it. I'm, I'm, I'm just, simply I'm, trying to be fair. I know, and I'm pointing out the fact that they don't answer anyone's questions, ever. And so then they brought him up on charges, threw him into a kangaroo court. He wasn't allowed to present the defense that he wanted to present, and so he decided, screw this court. He left, stayed home. Uh, the jury found him guilty. Now the U.S. Marshals are out to get him, and the U.S. Marshals are claiming that they aren't going to do anything brash. They don't want any bloodshed. But eventually, Ed Brown is going to. It sounds like he's going to push it to the point where, if they want to bring him to jail, then there may be some bloodshed because he doesn't want to go. Right. And he's willing to fight off anybody that comes to try and take him away. So over the weekend, um, myself and four other people from the Keene area here in New Hampshire decided to take a little trip up to go see Ed. Right. And because it's only an hour and a half drive from here, and uh, so definitely worth uh, worth the investment to show our support um, for this, this gentleman who's being persecuted by the feds. And I didn't expect to see this blog post. It was sent to me last night by the author, who happens to be a listener of the show. And I was I was pretty surprised by it. You would okay. think that you would think that there would be a uh, somewhat unified front behind those who are supporting Ed Brown. Uh, I don't think and people that, like him. I don't think when it comes to liberta- libertarians, there's necessarily a unified front anywhere. You're right about that, and this will be a perfect example of exactly how divisive people in this movement can be, and how uh, difficult it can be to get anything done 
with uh, with things like this around. With uh, no further ado, here it is from Fran. He emails in, uh, or actually, I guess, yeah, he did email this to me, but it was posted on what appears to be his blog, the Free West blog. He says, I've been following closely the case of Ed Brown, the New Hampshire man who's been charged as a tax evader for failing to pay income tax for the past 11 years. Based on the information I've gathered, the Browns are absolutely correct, and the actions of the court and IRS are extremely questionable. Ed Brown has essentially decided to stay on his property and not allow the IRS or the courts to jail him as a result of their kangaroo court proceedings. Okay, I agree so far. For the most accurate and complete coverage of this situation, visit the Quest for Fair Trial blog. I have also been listening to coverage of the case via MP3s, videos, and podcasts. One podcast in particular caused me to write this article. While listening to Ian and Mark over at Free Talk Live, and he links to us, which is nice, I was again reminded of the monumental difference there is between folks in the East and folks in the West. Okay. I wouldn't consider myself an Easterner, being from Florida, we sort of... Um, you, know, you and I, although we live in New Hampshire now, we've only lived here for five, six How months. How is it you're not in the east if you live in Florida? Yeah, There's the Mississippi River that divides the east and the west, correct? That's geographic. But Florida's not in the south either. Right. Well, it is in the south. It's in the southern portion of the United States, but it's not really part of the south, especially the... I don't uh, see how you can not include it as part of the south. It's clearly part of the south. It, it, the 20, the 20 uh, miles... The vast majority of Florida. 20 miles from the coast in uh, most of Florida has been completely invaded by Yankees. So, so why wouldn't that be the east? Well, because those Yankees are Midwesterners. <laughs> okay. Uh, so anyway, the article just starts out by being divisive. The suggestion that there's a fundamental difference between people that uh, have been born west of the Mississippi and east of the Mississippi is just as asinine to me as anybody to, that suggests that us Americans are better because we were born here in America. What's well, I, that all about? I think there may very well be a difference. Uh, you know, there's sort of a western mentality. I don't know if California fits into that. Uh... Does Oregon fit into that mentality? Washington? While I enjoy their program and recommend it to others, and I appreciate that, Fran, and do my best to listen to all the Free Talk Live podcasts, Ian said something during the uh, 20th, the podcast from the 20th, that I found very disturbing. He mentioned that he and his friends were planning to go visit Ed Brown, but that he would not be armed. He also mentioned how distressed he was to learn that his roommate was planning to bring a gun. He went on to say that Ed Brown's fellow militia members were not at the Brown residence and that this was probably a good thing because they might all show up carrying AK-47s. I don't remember saying that part, but okay. Free Talk Live appears to me... I may very well have said that. (laughs) Free Talk Live appears to me to be one of the loudest voices of the Free State Project. Back when the Free State Project was in its early stages, I signed on my support but opted out of several states, including New Hampshire. The biggest reason behind my opt-outs was I didn't believe that those states offered a realistic environment for a free state. One of the reasons was that shooting and the Second Amendment issues didn't appear to be an important aspect of the freedom activists in the eastern states. Wow, I don't, I don't understand how he got that uh, impression. Well, because there are there are plenty of Second Amendment advocates uh, in the Free State Project. There I would are, say that most of them are Second Amendment advocates. I would call myself a Second Amendment advocate. And it's clear that he's never been to New Hampshire or talked to anybody from New Hampshire, because around here, even the Democrats own firearms. You know, and um, the Free State Project has a big shooting club that, uh, you know, goes about, and, you know, especially at the Pork Fest, yep. they shoot, they shoot. Yeah. I, I think that um, to, to consider that we are um, militia members would be incorrect. But this is just more evidence of this bizarre West-East bias. The idea that people out West love their guns more than people in New Hampshire? 
than the people that were born east of the Mississippi? It seems very absurd to me. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't. Maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe if you were to go into an urban center like New York City and ask people questions about firearms, yeah, I could see the you know, New York City residents would be uh, fairly against handguns. But for the rest of the east, for the non-urbanized areas, for the areas under 100,000 people, I think that you're going to find a high incidence of firearm ownership. Down in Florida, where we come from, there's a tremendous amount of firearm owners down there. People very proud of their guns. I, you know, I can't speak to this very well because I'm not, I, although I do have a uh, Mossberg shotgun, I wouldn't consider, my, I'm certainly not a firearm enthusiast. I'm a Second Amendment advocate because I believe that people with firearms willing to use them are the ones that keep me free. I don't think you have to be a firearms enthusiast to be a Second Amendment advocate. I, and I'm, and you're, I'm not. you're proof of that. I so, think that the most important um, amendment of them all, the most important right, is to bear arms. I think that that's the last one. And, uh, you know, it's the last stop against us losing our freedoms, be it from a foreign power or from this one. So he claims that uh, he's upset because I was concerned about my roommate who was going to bring a gun. And he also was bothered by the fact that I wasn't going to bring a gun to Ed Brown's. You know, and the reason I was concerned is because we just got here. We It's been five months since we've arrived in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and I'm not ready to check out. <laughs> it's not time for me to uh, die in a hail of gunfire or a blaze of glory. And I was concerned because my roommate is also very valuable in the Free State Project, and I would hate to see him buy it um, on this particular you issue. Know, not to be divisive here, but I think that this might be a case, another case, just one of many cases of people that are, you know, umpiring from far away. We'll come back with more because Fran's got some more thoughts. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show, and we'll give you some options on how you can do that here in a little bit. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it the right to bear arms? Well, register now for the February of 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Panelists include pro-Second Amendment New Hampshire state representatives and gun organizations, as well as Bill Westmiller, the national chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Visit freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Some people, Mark, still haven't gotten over the fact that the Free State Project membership the 5,000 uh, members, that the, the first 5,000 members were given the opportunity to vote on 10 different states, a number of them in the West and a number of them in the East, and they were given the, the chance to vote, and New Hampshire won far and above the second runner-up, which was, uh, I believe, Wyoming, I believe, and New Hampshire won. Solid win. It wasn't close. It was pretty significant. And the reason I think New Hampshire won is because, well... It has the best culture of liberty amongst all the 50 states. And it's clear the membership thought that that was the case. It has the best balance between uh, most, uh, less, uh, the, the least taxation, uh, the most gun freedom. And I'm telling you, this guy, this friend that emailed uh, this story to me, his blog post, just mm-hmm. trashing me. Mm-hmm. And actually, he's going to trash us both here in a moment. I need a good trashing. And uh, he's upset, uh, not only about us, but also about the Free State Project in general. And he's sitting in his western state somewhere typing this email away. 
And so to continue his thoughts here, he says, one of the reasons that there was that shooting and the Second Amendment issues didn't appear to be an important aspect of the freedom activists in the eastern states. I'm sure that it's, it's so unimportant. That's why they're having an entire Second Amendment session at the upcoming Liberty Forum in late February. Obviously, unimportant uh, to the freedom activists in the free. That's why the vice president of the uh, the Free State Project, Evan Knappen, happens to be a uh, a major firearms proponent. That's why what that's just an absurd claim. It's just the height of absurdity to, and, it, and it tells me that uh, Fran hasn't paid very much attention at all to the Free State Project or its membership. Well, maybe he hasn't been in the east very much or maybe the the his ventures into the east of the Mississippi um United States east of the Mississippi have been urban areas where yeah. there've been gun restrictions he, or he just hasn't gotten that idea. Now, I, I've personally I've seen people here in Keene, New Hampshire, with guns on their hip. Um, Didn't see that down in Florida. No, I never saw that. Um, you know, walking around in daylight and stuff. That's, and the fact is, New Hampshire is one of the states with the very least restrictive gun laws. That's it, one of the reasons why it was a winner. That's one of the reasons why people chose New Hampshire. I I, I don't really understand. I'm not coming from the same uh, point of view that Fran is. I'm not a big shooter. I'm not a big uh, gun I don't have a lot of guns. It's just not my. It's not my thing. I've got two now. Yeah, yeah you've yeah. got two. And I, but I'm not a big shooter either. You just don't like to clean them. Well, no, the the one I've got, I don't and have to clean, so I'm going to enjoy like, shooting that. And you don't ha- like to even go outside much, so I mean, <laughs> you'd have to go outside to shoot. Uh, that's not true, Mark. I've been outside plenty of times up here. In fact, well, I was the one week? who was outside. Well, let's see, it's it's uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You were the one hibernating in your cozy little home while I was out at the Ed Brown house, which brings us to the next part of his email. Oh, you've been out once um, since uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm I was out today. I went out to with, the mailbox. No, no, mailbox doesn't count. The mailbox is on your porch. You're still under the roof. Yeah, but all right. But I've been down the street to the other mailbox. You don't know which mailbox I went to. Anyway, after thinking about the Browns, the Free State Project, and Free Talk Live's broadcast, I couldn't help but imagine how different it might be if the Free State Project had selected Wyoming or uh, Montana. See, now, this is where I think it goes to. I think that this is it's sour grapes over um, where the Free State Project sure it is. ended up, and I think that. Um, but wait a minute, the sour grapes. I mean, there's a there's a Free State West. After the vote, a bunch of the people that didn't want to go east of the Mississippi formed the Free State West. A bunch West. being Where's like 500. Where, no, I think it's less than that. It's not uh, very many. It's just I not think that it's like many 100. It's, Where's their convention, though? Where's their big hubbub? Where's the get-together? It's just how many people couldn't get over the fact that it was east of the Mississippi and where their prejudice lie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm personally east-west. It wouldn't have made a difference to I me. Was an, I was a glass eater. I would have gone to Alaska. What's a glass eater mean? That was one of the people who would have taken any of the ten states. I see. Even if Alaska had won, I guess won, I was... No, no, I, I joined, would have gone. I joined after the vote, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I did. I joined after the vote, after we... Because, um, see, the thing was that got me, the last, the final straw thing, and not to say that I wouldn't have voted, um, wouldn't have done it otherwise, but... I really liked the PR behind New Hampshire. Whoever put mm-hmm. together the New Hampshire... They did a you know, great job. Um, yeah, that, that's the real the reason that the Free State Project is in New Hampshire is because somebody did the work and um, uh, you know pointed out the great things about their state and why yep. their state should be the Free State. The 101 Reasons to Move to New Hampshire, which it, is on the Free State Project website. It was a really Project. good job. And, and to sit back and uh, you know snipe at them after they won, I understand that uh, libertarians aren't big fans of democracy and... You know, he opted out. He doesn't have to do anything. You know, fine. It's it's all fine and everything. But all right. So he sounds says, like sour grapes to me. 
He says, I also imagine what would happen if some if someone in Montana or Wyoming were convicted of tax evasion and decided to make a stand against the government and extended an invitation to all to come and take a stand with him. I have a difficult time of imagining a free state Wyoming radio host who preached freedom and chided people for not defending their rights, expressing concern or worry that supporters would be bringing sidearms or AK-47s with them to support someone facing a potential Ruby Ridge-type event. The libertarians are, as a whole, are big talkers. But, as Rick Stanley found out firsthand, when it comes to action and standing beside those who are on the right side of our rights, the Constitution and freedom, they're seldom by your side. So I would agree with him on that, but to say that, I mean, you went to, to Ed Brown's house right. facing possible arrest and um, possibly I could have been killed. dying in a, even a though hail I wasn't of gunfire. Armed. Even right. though I didn't have a, a sidearm, I could have very well have been killed just because I was there. Absolutely they true. They could have tossed a little gun into my hand or something You're not like big that. talking. I mean, it's... The I, article's are, titled, entitled, Libertarian Gas Bags in New Hampshire. <laughs> I mean, and, and to say that just because we don't go up there with AK-47s and, uh, you know, camp out waiting for the apocalypse to come doesn't mean that that we're not defending freedom i mean yeah this guy has one version of defending freedom and that's the only version that's acceptable to him and i didn't see him at ed brown's house yeah i mean is he a gas bag in um the west and you know what it's fair it's now it's unfair for me to really say that because I only had to drive an hour and a half. He would have had to have driven, you know, a day and a half to get here. So, but he's, but but no, Ian, he's asking you to lay down your life, to die for freedom, to pick up your AK-47, go to Plainfield, New Hampshire, and sit out on that compound. I, I would assume, uh, you know, bring your radio show, and then mm-hmm. um, your co-host has to go there if he's going to, uh, you know, go into the war zone too. And I don't think I'm that interested in that. Um, but, I mean, basically, he said you should go lay down your life because you're a libertarian talk show host and you advocate freedom, so you should go and die there with Ed Brown. Yeah, that's what he's saying. That's exactly what he said. And that's something I'm just not interested in at this point. As I pointed out before, it's been five months since we've been here. Uh, we're just getting started. You know, and, I'm not ready to die in a hail of gunfire over Ed Brown. I and, mean, I like the guy and everything, but... It's not time. I pay my taxes because I don't want to go to jail. I'm certainly not going to go to jail or get shot over Ed Brown not paying his taxes. I support him. Yay, I'm behind you. But I'm... No. We'll come back with more from Fran and his critique. He thinks we're cowards. He'll call us that here in moments. 800-259-9231. And again, it was unfair for me to say he should come out here because that's a big, long drive. But there is... There might be an opportunity soon for him to uh, stand up, put his... uh, Guns where his mouth are. Out west. We'll explain that on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give them away, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. 
Sakel's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. Sakel CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Excuse me, that's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. That's right. So we're in the middle of an email or actually a blog post from one of our listeners. His name's Fran, and he's a, he's a little bit concerned over what I did over the weekend. And what I did was I went over to Ed Brown's house to show my support for an individual who's got the courage to stand up against the federal government. Yes, you did. He has uh, essentially barricaded himself uh, inside his home. He is not allowing anyone to uh, he doesn't want to allow any federal agent to come and uh, collect him as they are now being instructed to do and so he's there with some supporters and i went out to be one of those supporters be supportive i went out with a number of my friends from here in Keene, and fran's upset because i had i was concerned that one of my that my roommate was going to bring a firearm with him and the reason i was concerned was was because i didn't want to see my roommate get shot in the event that the uh, the Ed Brown household were to be raided while we were there, I would have hated to see somebody uh, who I care about take a bullet. And I thought that, you know, I, I like Ed Brown, and I appreciate that he's standing up against the feds, but I personally don't believe it's time to die. That's just a personal choice on my part. But Fran goes on in his email. He says, these libertarians as a whole are big talkers. But as Rick Stanley found out firsthand, when it comes to action and standing beside those who are on the right side of our rights, the Constitution and freedom, they're seldom by your side. Well, I was there standing right next to Ed Brown in his kitchen. The fact that the talk show hosts seem to be trying to dissuade others to bear arms to the Brown residents shows the what cowards they really are and what a poor understanding they really have of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is the right that allows us the means to defend all of the other rights. And he's preaching to us now, Mark. I would concur. It's in place to ensure our means to fight against a tyrannical government. Standing up against the decision by a kangaroo court with no jurisdiction over the unconstitutional IRA's faulty charges. I think he means IRS. uh, Faulty charges is exactly what guns are for and what the Second Amendment was created to protect. I totally agree, which is why I support Ed Brown. But just because I agree with those statements that he made doesn't mean that I have to die. It doesn't mean that I have to put my life on the line. I agree with what the Second Amendment's all about, and I support what Ed Brown is doing. That's why I went and put myself in harm's way over the weekend, which you didn't do. So, I mean, if anybody fits the coward definition, that'd be you, Mark. I'm just not interested. You know, I mean... I don't I, I don't know, you know, a coward would be um, a person who sees something as the right thing to do and then chooses not to do it. I see. If you want to know what my opinion is, you I'll don't give think it it's to the right you. thing to do. No, I don't. I, I think that, um, you know, as far as I think Ed Brown has the perfect right to have his money and I support him in the uh, keeping of his taxes. But if you think that the, if I think the right thing to do is to go out there, um, you know, to uh, stand in harm's way for a guy who believes that the, uh, the the Illuminati is controlling the IRS. You're wrong. I don't. Yeah. Well, personally, I don't care what his uh, his belief system is. I support him based on just the facts of the tax uh, the tax issue. He doesn't want to pay taxes, and I support him on that. I don't care about the Illuminati beliefs. I'm with you. I'm not with him on those, but whatever. That's I support him for that too. But I'm not going out there to uh, you know stand in harm's way. So anyway, uh, we clearly both of us. I mean, we we're, we're both here on a on a different position on this issue. Mm-hmm. I went out and, as usual and supported him, <laughs> and you stayed home. 
But we both completely understand what the Second Amendment's all about. And we're both gun owners. It's just that one of the thing, one, the one thing we agree on is that it's not time to die over this. You know, there's, um, it's the uh, Claire Wolf quote: um, "Our country's at a funny stage. It's too late to do anything about it, and too early to shoot the bastards." Yeah. I really do believe it's too early to shoot the bastards. And and you're just not going to get anybody on your side. All you're going to do is look like those Michigan militia guys, or look like the Ruby Ridge people to the rest of America. I think and that, and, and to the rest of America, it doesn't mean anything. I think your point was right, and that is that it's easy for Fran to sit over west of the Mississippi and. And uh, give us instructions as to how we should run our lives. But uh, it's another thing entirely when it comes time to uh, put your butt on the line. And you know what, Fran? Uh, there was an incident recently in the past year that happened out west that you might be interested in. I'm sure you're already aware of it. KT Ordnance. Remember that gentleman? We had Richard, I believe it's Richard Salata on from KT Ordnance. He's the guy that was manufacturing uh, 80% receivers mm-hmm. and then selling them as essentially kits. I know I'm using the wrong word, but they're, they're these receiver kits that you can mill into an actual weapon after the fact. Well, the ATF had a problem with that. So Why would you w- want to do that again? I can't remember. So um, you can build your own weapon and... But your own automatic a, weapon? No, no. Just, uh, I don't think they're automatic. Oh, weapons. so it would be an unregistered firearm? Just an unregistered, completely off the books firearm. Gotcha. So, um, which I support as well. I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, you know, if that's your hobby, go ahead. So we had him on uh, the show last year, and he lives out in Montana, I believe. Dylan, Montana, as a matter of fact. So that should be out in your neighborhood there, Fran. I know that they're uh, bringing him up, him up on charges at this point. Maybe he'll decide to barricade himself in his home and not go to court, and then you'll have an opportunity to put your uh, guns where your mouth is. Instead of chiding us and chastising us for not being ready to die in this particular instance, you'll get the opportunity to make that choice. You know, I don't know why we should wait. I don't know why we should go to Plainfield and wait. Why don't we just pick up guns and start shooting cops and bureaucrats here in You know, Fran would be excited by that. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) what? No, nobody understands this. It's pointless. When New Hampshire, look back to Fran's uh, blog post, he says, When New Hampshire adopted General John Stark's quote, live free or die is their state motto, did they expect someone to actually stand up to the tyrants? I may never know how conditions might be different if the Browns lived in Wyoming or Montana, or if the FSP had chosen one of those states as the free state, but I'd like to believe that most of the supporters would be skilled riflemen with battle rifles, sidearms, and a willingness to stand by, stand side by side with their fellow statesmen against unfair treatment by the government. Okay, no, well, that's a, that doesn't make any sense either. Um, at 5,000, the Free State Project membership voted for a state. The vast majority of people that were in the Free State Project, I think the number dropped by 400? 400 people had opted out of New Hampshire? I don't recall. It's, I think you might be right on that. It's, sure. uh, it's something above 10% and something below 20% of people opted out of New Hampshire. Some of them, I believe, signed up afterwards anyway, um, so that number dwindled a little bit. But basically, the Free State Project membership, at being at, what, 7,500 now or thereabouts, would have been... Um, more than half involved with people that were already Free State Project members before the, the ones that are now. You're talking about the same people. Right. Brand. They picked it's the New same, Hampshire. It's the same people. It wouldn't be riflemen because it was Wyoming. It would be the same people it is because the same people opted in for New Hampshire. Yeah. So there you go. There's Fran's, uh, there's Fran's blog post. Critical, divisive, and useless. All posts, all um, communications like this do is serve to divide the the pro-liberty movement over just the silliest emotional thing. The suggestion that the people in the Free State Project don't care about firearms, which is total BS, from the Free State Project members I've met, they all have uh, a passion 
Most of them have a passion for the Second Amendment, if not firearms themselves. No, the whole blog post is framed around this, this one thought. I want to see a bloodbath in Plainfield, New Hampshire, and I want it to be far enough from me that I can cheer for the side that I want to cheer for, and I can, um, you know, see, I can see this, all he wants to see is this bloodbath. He wants to see this, um, you know, the beginning of the the new revolution as far Mm -hmm. as he's concerned. I don't think he'll be right. I think it's all you're going to see is a bunch of libertarians get shot. Um, You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the shot from the world. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that at all. And in fact, the one thing that uh, I didn't mention on the air, because I'm not, you know, I didn't, I didn't think of it, or I didn't want to toot my own horn or whatever, but I did have something at the Ed Brown household that no one else did. I was armed with a video camera. Mm. So if something were to have happened while I was present on the property, I would have been the only one there who could have documented it. But I guess that's not worth anything to you, huh, Fran? And you're the only one with a nationally syndicated radio show that can bring this message right. to 23 radio that's stations. That's another factor. If I die in the dirt over at that Brown's house, then that's all gone. It really is. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by heading over and shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. We've got Free Talk Live branded merchandise, cool stuff, and high-quality merchandise, not some cheapy crap. Uh, we've got Free Talk Live hats, we've got Free Talk Live t-shirts, the Free Marketeer flag, bumper stickers, which are free, by the way. You can learn how to get your free one at store.freetalklive.com and buy some stuff, store.freetalklive.com. Well, we just finished up an email from Fran, and he's somebody who apparently lives west of the Mississippi and believes that people who are born west of the Mississippi are more better people than the people born east of the Mississippi, because for some reason when you're born west of the Mississippi, you love the Second Amendment more than people who are born east of the Mississippi, which is just an absurd uh, claim. Absolutely absurd. I, and I think there's something in in the whole Western mentality that um, loves its freedom and, and isolation. Okay. What's that have to do with the Second Amendment? N- not much. Okay. Um, so he also um, claims that, well, since we, since uh, people out west love the Second Amendment more than uh, the, uh, the people in the Free State Project are a bunch of pansies. A bunch of pansies. They talk a lot about freedom, but they don't care about the Second Amendment, which is total crap. It's the same people that had signed up for the Free State Project that would have moved to... Um that would have moved to Wyoming that are currently in the Free State, you know, members of the Free State Project now. You know, I wonder if Fran was in a similar situation to Ed Brown, who we've been talking about for the past week and a half, and this is what what his critique was all about, was because I went to Ed Brown's house over the weekend, but I didn't bring a firearm, so I'm not but a real libertarian. Didn't Ed say, "Hey, militia guys, stay home." I mean, he I believe them, he did. He told the militia guys to stay home, which to me says Ed Brown doesn't want an armed compound that's going to draw. Additional violence from I don't know. Ed Brown definitely did um, warm up to the people who brought firearms better than he did others. Okay. So I think he does want people there that are armed, but I'm not sure why he told his uh, Constitution. Maybe he wants his Constitution Ranger guys to not all get busted at the same time. Maybe that's what was in his mind. Okay. But anyway, maybe Fran, uh, the emailer here, the blogger, would have an opportunity to uh, have his own little standoff 
with the feds at uh, at some point. And then would Fran uh, tell anybody that showed up, presuming that there are uh, people in Wyoming or wherever it is he's uh, blogging from out west who actually aren't huge Second Amendment buffs, if someone decided to show up just to support him and maybe hold a sign or do something nonviolent like Russell Canning would have done, uh, like uh, Lauren Canario, these are also other people besides me, uh, David Ridley. David Ridley, who uh, calls the show very often, he is a firearm owner. He is somebody who has uh, borne firearms in public in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. He's been harassed by the cops for doing so, but he chose not to bring firearms out to Ed Brown's house. So there was a variety of free staters that decided on their own to leave their arms at home and come out to support Ed Brown on a nonviolent basis. Would Fran have told those individuals, get off of my property, you non-gun-bearing Second Amendment haters. I don't want your help. You get the hell out of here. Would he have told them that? I doubt he would have, and I don't think he would expect that Ed Brown would do that either. Well, yeah, because it's easy to talk trash to other freedom lovers over the Internet, but a whole other thing when somebody comes to your house to show support for for what you're doing, whether or not they've got a gun strapped to their side. Well, you know, it was... You know how we do love hate mail here on Free Talk Live. We uh, I do love hate mail, we've put, and I th- I really appreciate Fran writing that. It's up. seven 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 fifty. I mean, we've put fifty minutes into this thing. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. So um, just to once again recap, how Fran is wrong, wrong, wrong. The members of the Free State Project do understand the Second Amendment. That's one of the reasons why New Hampshire was chosen because it's one of the most gun friendly states out of the fifty. And uh, a man, many of the Free State Project members are gun owners uh, themselves and big proponents of uh, the right to bear arms. So he's he's just wrong. And you know what, Fran? Good luck with your Free West project. Really, I I think there should be a Free West, uh, a Free State West. Oh, I want it to happen for people like Fran who just can't uh, imagine crossing the Mississippi and joining the Free State Project. Go ahead and have a lot of luck with your Free State Wyoming project. It's not really doing anything. As I understand it, it's not really going anywhere. But, you know, they might someday. I I want all the states to be free states. But, you know, it seems to me that uh, there's probably only room for one of them. But I'm I'm for it. Let's go to the phones. We've got to go to Francisco, waiting patiently in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, hey there. Man. What's on your mind? I actually have two issues to talk about tonight. The yeah. first one was that there was a national, uh, an uh, Air National Guard recruiter at my school today. Okay. And uh, he went into the lunchroom, and I was there. So I went up to the table because I noticed a banner that said, Protecting America and Protecting Your Freedom. <laughs> so uh, I instantly thought, you know, maybe I should go up and talk to this guy. Sure. Common so myth. I- Yes, so I went up and talked to the guy, and I said, uh, so how exactly are you defending my freedom? And he explained to me, you know, if we weren't in 9-11, there would be people blowing up buses with bombs over here. When if we 9/11? weren't in Iraq, you mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I said, well, Absurd. why would that be? And they said, well, because they hate our freedom. Uh, oh, right. The freedom. I said, no, I'm pretty sure they hate the government <laughs> or because we're over there. Attacking them when we have no reason to be. I'm pretty sure you're right. What was his response? Uh, the guy was basically, uh, if you remember a couple of weeks back or a couple of uh, days back, you read an email from a guy who had an encounter with some uh, girl he met at a bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was basically like that. George Bush is right. He's 100% right to send us over there and such. And he got so heated just because I asked maybe three questions. Right. And, uh, well, I, I think your I think your questions were probably aimed at uh, you know uh, you know at his way of thought. 
getting a rise in him in some manner, but the guy took it really seriously. I, I mean, I'm 15. Right. Yeah. I'm just a sophomore in high school asking him some questions, and he got really heated to the point where I just walked away. Was he yelling? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was actually yelling. Well, he didn't, he didn't people, get any people to sign up for the Air National Guard not as at a that result. Moment. I actually, no. There were two kids in my class who decided to go over there and talk to him about it. Well, I mean, as a result of his yelling is what I meant. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they were passing up flyers and everything. You know, all the kids were excited. Well, I, th- I congratulate you for that, Francisco. First of all, uh, it was very brave of you to confront the National Guard recruiter. And secondly, it wasn't hard for you to ask the important questions. You got to the heart of the issue within a matter of three questions, and he couldn't handle it. Yes, and um, I just walked away. I tried to be the bigger, the bigger person, you know, <laughs> and basically the teachers were like, oh, only, you know, seniors over there because he wanted people to sign up. Sure. Right? So basically that's what happened. And the other issue is that I've been contemplating smoking marijuana. Oh, my. And uh, I was thinking about it because my friends and I are going to hang out this weekend, and most of my friends are stoners. <laughs> okay. And uh, I was just thinking about it because I, don't know, I, I always wanted to try it, and I was just reading up on org about it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, one of my friends who's going to be there does not smoke. Right. So I figured he could, you know, take control if something does happen. Yeah, I don't, think, gotta... I don't think anything's going to happen. I can't recommend that, uh, that you do well, it. But I, I started smoking pot when I was 16. Now, um, have you talked to your mom about this at all? No, not at all. <laughs> what would she not think? Uh, what would she think? Yeah. I'm not sure. Hmm. Has she smoked marijuana? Uh, I'm pretty sure she has. She has told me she has before. Maybe it would be good. I, I mean, you know, it might be a good time to talk to her about it. Um, She's not somebody who would snitch out your friends or anything like that, would she? No, no, no. You know, I've, I've got to say that uh, the first... The first couple of times I did, um, I smoked marijuana. It wasn't a good experience, and I think I was too Where young. Where were for you? It. Well, and how old? Um, the first time I was at a party, I was 15 years old, mm. and um, like a party with a bunch of kids. Yeah, a party with a bunch of kids, and hey. it was it was my house at my birthday party. Ooh. Oh wow! And uh, basically, the house got trashed. Oh my! It was a very bad experience. Yeah, I can see yeah. that'd be bad. And yeah, uh, the whole thing is, I'm going to my friend's house, and uh, her mom does pot also. So, I see. I still think your mom's probably a better person to talk to. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But um, You know, the most important thing is um, that you're well-researched on it and you know what you're doing. Yeah, um, if you're going to be at a friend's house and you're going to be there for the night and you're going to be, you know, safe and not paranoid, because that's, that's a major issue. I remember the first time... Yeah, I was just reading up on Arrowwood.org about and all the effects and everything. Well, yeah, I remember the first time I, uh, the first time I smoked marijuana, uh, my, I was so paranoid about what might happen. Like, well, what happens if the cops come by? We've got to have an escape plan and, and all kinds of crazy uh, things going through my head. And, and it was fine. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, and it's, you know, as you know, it's, it's not going to kill you. The paranoia was fun? You can't overdose, and it's not going to kill you, so, um, you know, good luck. Those those things are true, but, um, y- you know... I, no, it was fun once we actually got to it. it was I was paranoia. his age when I smoked the first time, and I think I was too young. Yeah. Yep. Well, well you probably also weren't as smart as Francisco. I, you know, I thought that I was the smartest guy around. <laughs> <laughs> you, you smoked at the same age I did, so... Yeah. So the evidence Look how he is, turned the, out, the Francisco. Evidence, <laughs> the evidence is it's not smart. <laughs> Let us know what you decide, and thanks for the All call. Right, we appreciate God. it. 800-259-9231. Hour number two is on the way, and you can take control of the airwaves like David in Texas. Also, coming up, since we're talking about the West, a story out of North Dakota. It is illegal in North Dakota to shack up. We'll give you the details on the way.
This is your this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Plus the roads coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You bring up whatever you want as we kick off hour number two. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. That's right. You can bring up anything. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. And our website is for free. All the features you'll find there on the house, those are the radio talk show hosts. They want to charge you for access to their sites. We do it for free. Freetalklive.com. Because free is better. All right, so last hour we actually started the show out with a critique from somebody who lived out west. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not, I'm not going to jump back into all the things he said. If you missed it, you can grab the archive later on tonight at freetalklive.com. But I figured it would be perfect to talk about a story from out west, North Dakota, as a matter of fact. I guess that, that counts as out west, right, if it's Heck west yeah, of it Mississippi. Does. In North Dakota, a man and woman, according to Local6.com, who live together without being married are committing... A sex crime. Oh, no. A sex crime? It's right there in the law. We're going to put anklets on them and everything? Alongside the prohibitions against adultery, incest, and indecent exposure. Tracy Potter, a freshman Democrat from Bismarck, is asking the state legislature to end North Dakota's status as one of seven states that have anti-cohabitation laws on the books. Me too. I'm I'm with them. With Stacy, whoever, male or female, I'm not sure. Tracy Potter. Tracy. It has... uh, Louise, whatever. Related to Harry. It has rejected three such attempts since 1990. Mark Twain expressed a simple view of people's personal relationships with government that I think government should adopt. That is, I don't care what you do so long as you don't scare the horses, said Potter Wednesday <laughs> during a North Dakota <laughs> during a North Dakota Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on this repeal on, on his Mark repeal Twain is one one witty mofo. In North Dakota, census data indicate at least 23,000 of the state's 642,000 residents are living together as opposite-sex partners, which means they're all in violation. The state has prohibited opposite-sex couples from living openly and notoriously as if they were married since North Dakota became a state in 1889. Florida, Michigan, Mississippi, North Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia all have similar laws. Attorneys say North Dakota's law has never been vigorously enforced. There's only one North Dakota Supreme Court decision on the subject, a 1938 case, in which the justices upheld the cohabitation convictions of a man and a woman who had been living together in the back of their second-hand store. If we mean to enforce this law, we'll need need a $10 billion prison, said Potter. We really don't want to enforce the law, and if we don't mean to enforce it, then it's an insult to law enforcement to keep it on the books. I concur. But state uh, state lawmakers did endorse a law six years ago allowing landlords to refuse to rent to opposite-sex couples who were not married. I'm with that, too. Well, that's fine, but you don't need a – I don't think you need a law for that. Uh, But I guess in this age of anti-discrimination laws, you have to. to Sometimes you have to have laws to protect people's rights. And as far as I'm concerned, it's it's my right. If I own a house and I'm going to rent it out to people, it's my right to rent it out to, uh, you know... Whoever you want. To married couples or or people or non-married couples. I could choose that I don't like marriage and I don't want people that uh, are married and living in my house. Or you should be able able to choose to just rent to a gay couple if you wanted to. And whatever you wanted to do. Or a man and his dog. 
Uh, whatever you want should be what goes as the landlord. Anyway, state lawmaker, oh, in West Virginia, a former prison inmate is challenging the state's anti-cohabitation law because it delayed his parole from prison on forgery convictions. Ooh. Officials rejected William Stanley's plan to move in with his fiance after his release. Last September, a North Carolina judge ruled the state's law was unconstitutional in a lawsuit filed by a woman who lost her job as a county sheriff's dispatcher because she were, uh, was living with her boyfriend. I remember actually talking about that uh, story when mm-hmm. that happened. I didn't realize it resulted in that law being overturned, which is good news. The decision was not appealed. Kent Willis, director of the American Civil Liberties Union of Virginia, said his state's anti-cohabitation law often doesn't, uh, doesn't prompt lawsuits because it's rarely enforced. In one case, however, a Norfolk, Virginia daycare operator faced losing her license because she was living with her boyfriend. But the Virginia Department of Social Services renewed the license when the ACLU agreed to represent her. According to Willis, uh, the ACLU guy, it may have a more significant impact than we know. I can't tell you about how many times the law is invoked and used, but that individuals don't challenge the application of it. Hmm. Tom Freer, a spokesman for the North Dakota Family Alliance, said repealing North Dakota's anti-cohabitation law... I can't believe they found someone to speak in favor of this. <laughs> repealing There's always somebody. The North Dakota Family Alliance said repealing their anti-cohabitation law would signal that the state doesn't value marriage and the societal benefits it brings. How can the state have values in the first place? It's a non-existent entity. The state is just a, a group of individuals masquerading as though there is a state. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, um, the state shouldn't be involved in the marriage business anyway. So, you know, to, to me, it's just illegitimate. They shouldn't be involved. They shouldn't be giving out marriage license. Who are they? Who are they? Marriage, a marriage is between a man and a woman and God. How dare? How, how did dare they get involved? They, how dare they demand that you ask permission to spend the rest of your life with somebody? That you have to bow down before the state and get a piece of paper from them? Before you can spend the rest of your life with someone. Yep, it's ridiculous. That's all that marriage licenses are. But here's what else Freer had to say, the supporter of the law. If we look at the research, social science evidence suggests that living together is not a good way to prepare for marriage or to avoid divorce. Well, wait a minute. What if I don't plan on getting married, bud? (laughs) Well, you're still going to prevent me from living together. And besides, I think it's kind of silly to suggest that uh, I don't know what social science evidence he's talking about. How could it be a bad thing to live together to prepare for marriage? That would seem to be the best thing you could do. I've I've heard uh, people, usually marriage advocates, uh, saying that, uh, you know, in fact, statistics show that uh, living together does not prepare you for marriage. How could that be? I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't. I can't Back make their argument up, for them. I can't please. make their argument for them. I'm sorry. He says cohabitating is not positive for the family and poses a special risk for women and children. Oh, he's doing it for the children, Mark. We've got to keep cohabitation illegal for the children. What? So if I have kids, oh, wait, if I have kids and I'm a single parent and I meet somebody who I like and want to get together with them and I'm having to, I happen to live in North Dakota... And I've got a busybody neighbor who lives next door to me that I know is going to snitch me out if she finds out I'm not living with a wife. Then I'm facing jail time because I want to bring somebody into my household with me to share expenses? Because that's bad for my children? How is it bad? What's the risk there exactly? I mean, he just totally doesn't go into any uh, detail on his claim. No, he's just uh, demagoguing.
1-800-259-9231. I'd love to hear from you if you are like uh, Tom Freer from the North Dakota Family Alliance and you support anti-cohabitation laws, which are on the books in seven of the 50 states. Oh, I, th- I think we have lots of listeners that would support marriage, as do I. I think it's a good, um, good institution. I this isn't don't... about marriage. No, no, it's about laws. Right. This is about a stupid law telling you you can't live with somebody else. Now, I wonder how the law is written. Does the law specifically prevent males from living with females in that heterosexual relationships mm-hmm. are prevented by the law? It's, but a, it's heter- a gay bias law. Right, but homosexual mm-hmm. relationships are A-OK? I'm sure if they've got a law in the books that says you can't uh, live together, and, yeah, against live together and not be married, then there's probably a law against sodomy. Very well. Uh, very Which, of well course, likely. doesn't really address female homosexuality. I guess it doesn't. No. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number, the packet8.net toll-free line for you. Just an absurd, absurd law. And one of the relics that needs to be just abolished and mm. gotten rid of, and the idea that there's some organization out there standing up in favor of this, it's outrageous to me, this guy and his organization. Why don't you just leave people alone? I know you're all concerned about the children, but why can't you just leave adults to make decisions for themselves and let them suffer the consequences? If it turns out that it was a bad idea to cohabitate, I'm sure the adults who are living together will be able to determine that over time. You know, if it's kind of a crappy living situation, you sort of figure it out two years later, you get your life together and move on. And you make a note and say... You know, that living together thing just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't what it was all cracked up to be. I've been living together with a member of the opposite sex for the last four years of my life, and it's been fine. And I don't think being married would have made it any different. uh, different. In fact, I think it might have actually made it worse for my first relationship. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to get out of it. Yep, 1-800-259-9231. Exactly right. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. Coming up, the roads and your calls about anything. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away, including archives. That's right, an entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website for your downloaded convenience for free at freetalklive.com. Who's the most pro-liberty individual in the United States Congress? Many people would say it's Ron Paul. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th, 2007. Meet presidential candidate Congressman Ron Paul and other influential people who support your freedom. Register at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's jump into the email box, your email box. Uh, I guess you had something about the roads. Yes, right? I do. It's a uh, it's a email from uh, Daniel. Mark. Regarding the Monday, January 22nd, 2007, that's yesterday's show, um, you and Ian went round and round on the roads issue. Again, I agree with you in the following. Won't be the last time. No, no, it won't. <laughs> Surface streets are probably best handled by a community. Does that mean we need centralized coercive, uh, centralized coercive agency to oversee that? No way. I don't think so. As you were so fond of pointing out, if I have to pay free roads in your neighborhood where I, don't dri- where I never drive, or if I have to pay for roads even though I don't drive at all, then that's stinking pinko communism. Hmm. 
regarding uh, a gas tax. What if I buy gas and I don't ever drive on public roads? How many people do this? I don't know. They're not very many. Not very many, no. You'd have to drive on the public road probably to get to the gas station. Um, in all likelihood, there's... Right. I could drive on private roads. I could use the gas to power my lawnmower or tractor or ATV or generator. It's true. And he calls me a commie. <laughs> Unless we forget. Now, I understand that uh, that a gas tax would be coercive. I understand that it would be using force. Mm-hmm. I understand that to some, some extent or another, it's communism. I consider it a compromise in order to get where we want to go. And where we want to go is a less coercive government. The first thing that comes out of people's mouths when they t- when you talk to them about freedom, smaller government, when you start talking about really br- paring down the government, um, you know, getting rid of government programs and things, the first thing that comes out of their mouths is the roads. What are we going to do without the roads? The government gives us valuable services. Oh, the roads, you, you drove here, the stoplights. Mm. And um, that's the first thing they talk about. It's my intention to disarm people from that issue. I, I You know, they can get so stuck on the roads because right. it really is the one thing that the government provides you. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And I just don't want people to be all stuck on that issue, so I ask them, hey, what about a gas tax that only, you know, a gas tax that therefore is only used on the roads? None of the gas tax money will be used for anything else. None of the... I uh, totally appreciate No uh, money from anything else from. would go from, for the roads. I know you do. It doesn't you understand. do anything for me, but yeah, for the people that are brand new, yeah, I can see where that would be effective. <clears throat> and lest we forget, now this he makes a really great point here. And lest we forget about James J. Hill, the guy who created the only private and only profitable railroad in American history. Yeah. It was the best, highest quality, cheapest built, and most affordable railroad ever made. And it opened up international trade with China, all privately. No government, no eminent domain. Not easy, perhaps, but certainly possible. Yeah, he did it. Without the government, perhaps the interstate would not exist. But definitely, railroads exist, and so goods at Walmart and Target would be even cheaper. And yes, private highways do exist, and he gives me an example, uh, 407 ETR, I'm not sure exactly what that is. And uh, anyway, good job keeping Ian honest, and don't let him get away with his crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, on your claim the other night, I didn't jump on you on this, but I, I agree with him that... If it weren't for the federal government, probably goods would travel uh, travel the com- country cheaper. Because if you've ever been a professional driver, and I've never been one, but I've known a few in my time, and uh, they have so many regulations that they have to deal with, it's insane the amount of regulations that professional drivers. Oh, have absolutely! To deal with. And if you don't think that increases the price of goods, uh, you're fooling yourself. And the co- and the cops just love to chase them down because they know that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they'd much rather go after a commercial vehicle. They have whole divi- traffic divisions called commercial. Yep. Um, that's as a matter of fact, I know that because the cop who gave me a ticket in Massachusetts was part of the commercial division. It really must. He uh, harasses truckers for a living. Professional drivers uh, and truckers is the uh, sort of slang term for it. But professional drivers must really, really hate the government. I mean, uh, just in general, I think they would be a wonderful uh, group to prospect for the freedom movement. Because I remember when we were coming up here to New Hampshire, the 1,500-mile drive from Florida, there were, uh, since we were in a a large Penske truck, which Mm -hmm. um, they had the best rates, by the way. Check check around when you're getting ready to move. Go to, you all pretty much has crappy trucks. um, And and you would think as a result... They'd have the cheapest rates, ones, but no. No. Uh, Penske's got a brand new fleet. At least within the past few years, they brought, bought all new trucks, and uh, and it was the cheapest. 
I budget, I'm not to, so sure about. I don't. Um, I don't know anything about the other companies. I know Penske often puts governors on their trucks. I imagine the other companies do yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And do. Um, you know, so sometimes you can get a truck with a governor that sits. Uh, you know, keeps you down at 65, and sometimes the governor's at 95. 70. Ours was at 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, there were these way stations that you had to stop at. If you don't stop at the way station, if the way station's open and you pass it by, they're going to pull your butt over. Yeah, it's amazing because I mean, n- normally. I'm a driver of a car, but there's been a couple of times in my life when I've driven one of these Penske trucks, mm-hmm. and I always ignore way stations. They don't mean anything to me in my life, so when I'm driving the truck, they don't mean anything to me in my life then either. It's just another reminder to the professional drivers out there, the federal government saying and the state government saying, we own you. You have to do what we say. You jump through our hoops or you're going into a jail cell. And Why? Because they just want to control you. That's all. I guess the excuse is they might be uh, transporting contraband or something that's not supposed to cross state lines, something like that. But really, what else is? What's the other? What's the other excuse for the way station? The fact that they might have put too much stuff in their truck and they're damaging the roads. I think that's what the. Uh, that's what my understanding of the the problem is. Is that oh my god, you couldn't have a truck that's overweighed because that would be bad. Right. Well, if you had a private... It'd probably be worse on the truck than on the road, but... Right. If a private road wanted to have a way station, okay, whatever. Uh, they might lose business to the roads that didn't have the way stations, or maybe just sort of eyeballed the trucks and said, well, since you're in that truck, you're going to have to pay a little bit extra. You know, we know that truck's heavier. We know you've got some weight in the back. You're just going to have to pay a little bit extra because you're a trucker. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable. Or a way station could decide that, uh, hey, you know, we... Uh, or, excuse me, a private owner of a, of a road could say, we charge uh, by the weight. And uh, so, you know, people that are driving motorcycles pay a dime, and people who are driving semis pay 15 bucks. I wonder how much damage it really does. Like a, a trucker driving down the road, a blacktop, how much damage, uh, how much more damage does a 18-wheeler do compared to a car? Well, there's more friction, and, right. and you know, there's more rubber touching the road, and it weighs more. So there's, they're absolutely doing several times the damage that a car does. They have several times the wheels, several times the weight. Still, though, it's it's so much. It seems like it would be so minuscule, so um, minute. Over time, there's a lot of trucks that go um, across. I I don't know that overweight. I don't know that an overweight truck um, costs that much more than a truck that's just underweight or not underweight, but just under the limit. Meh. I, I don't know. I mean, I, this isn't – it's not my forte. Yeah, I'm certainly not an expert there. But if you've, uh, you've been a professional driver or you are a professional driver and you want to share with us some of the other absurd laws that Mark and I aren't aware of. I think I remember one of them was that in uh, you can't carry a gun to defend yourself in many places. I'm not sure what that's – I don't know what all the rules are because you have to know different rules for all the different states that you're going to be right. driving through. If you want to share some of the just the absurd, ludicrous rules that you face as a professional driver, I'd love to hear some of them. 800-259-9231. Coming up, since you brought up communism, uh, one of our listeners has a response to the Communist Manifesto on the way. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free number for you, 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The wiki's there. Hundreds of pages created by listeners like you. In fact, it's a the listener-editable version of our website, wiki. 
www.freetalklive.com. And how close were the philosophies of Nietzsche and the Nazis? Check out the fascinating new DVD by Dr. Stephen Hicks, available at Laissez-Faire Books. How did the Nazis come to power in one of the most educated and civilized countries in the world? And was Nietzsche's philosophy the inspiration? Check out this and many other books and videos on liberty at lfb.com. That's Laissez-Faire Books, LFB. Dot com. As we go to the phones, to the fun, let's talk to Andre in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Andre. Andre in Nevada going once. He's gone. All right. Well, darn it. He had the, the truck driver laws that he wanted to talk about. Really? Well, I hope he probably call back. hope he calls back. All right. Let's jump into the email box. This one from Brian. He says, guys, I was listening to your excellent distillation of the Communist Manifesto that aired recently on the show. You had a bit of trouble, though, on point number seven. And this is something we've done in the past. We sort of rehashed it recently. We took the Communist Manifesto, the ten planks, and we went down the list, and we sort of decided, each plank by plank, which planks have been fully implemented here in the United States. And some of them had been pretty much fully implemented. Uh, Many of them had been partially or mostly implemented, and then there were some that we weren't so sure on and some that we didn't really think that had been implemented. I think we totally, uh, I think we totaled up six full implement, uh, fully implemented planks of the Communist Manifesto here in the United States with maybe one or two iffy ones. He said, we, had a, uh, we struggled a bit on point number seven, in particular the phrase, quote, the improvement of the soil generally in accordance with a common plan. You both struggled a bit on that one, referring to the Department of Agriculture, perhaps, as being somewhat complicit in the ownership of land, but you said that mostly we were still free on that one. I know that you were trying to rush through it and you weren't all that prepared to debate the topic, but I only need point you to the hundreds, no, thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of local planning commissions that exist to decide how best to manage land that's owned by private landowners. There's very little land left in this country that's not under the control of committees that are either composed of longtime residents of an area trying to regain the sense of community yeah. that they had when they were children. Which essentially means that they want um, regress. You know, they want things yeah. to, to regress. Back to the caves. I don't know what it is that people Enough want. Enough progress. I remember when I was a kid. Uh, what? Well, you know, you're not a kid. and um, Things change. Things change and and. You know, this is what you're what the thing what the way things are now is the way that kids now when they're 50 are going to be complaining that things aren't. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Just change back and forth every 50 years between the way things were um, for you and the way things were for them. And don't forget the generation in between each time, too. They're going to want it the way that when they were kids or it's divided up amongst those younger people who were impressed by the fantasy of a pristine past and want that for themselves. The 35 acres that we own in Colorado are besieged by both camps on a regular basis. Unknowingly, we bought this land as our own, but found out through letters after the purchase from the county lords that is, in fact, 30 acres of our land is under the watchful eye of the county-sanctioned volunteer society endowed with the duty to protect the local wildlife from human intervention. So, 30 <laughs> This of, is always, always a disaster. Whenever this happens... 30 whether, of his 35 acres. Whether it's, you know... Uh, Birds or uh, uh, the regular uh, four-legged animals. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It, it you know they just get so crazy in the protection of this, and they could care less that it's your land. That's right. It's not your land, and they're not. Opinion. It isn't. No, it's their land to tell you what you can do on it. He says we bought this land with the purpose of running a farm for the breeding and showing of world-class Arabian horses. It was raw land ready for development. According to the law, we were forced to submit to the county our plans for the land that we own. 
We showed where we wanted fences and where the barn was to be located. Mind you, we intended to lay the fences and build the barn at our own expense and at our own risk. We didn't really know what possibly... On our own land. Yeah, what possibly the county could have to say. Silly us. Turns out that we don't own the land that we bought. Turns out that there are deer and elk over on that side of our land that need to get over to that other side to drink water. To protect them, any fence needs to be a maximum of three a uh, maximum height of three feet. <laughs> three feet. We're talking to show Arabian horses. Come on. As you know, baby deer and elk can't jump a four-foot fence. I didn't know that. That's what he just said. I didn't know that. Three <laughs> feet. We're raising purebred Arabian racehorses. I'm a mid-40s human, and I could jump a three-foot <laughs> fence from a standing start. Our horses would be in the next county and sold to the highest bidder if we installed three-foot fences. After 18 months of hearings and pleadings, they finally allowed us to build four-foot fences. Four-foot fences. Eighteen months of hearings and pleadings. They were finally allowed to build four-foot fences, but only if we said, please. Any one of our horses can even jump a four-foot fence, and many of them have, but at least it doesn't insult their intelligence, and as long as we keep plenty of hay inside the fences, they don't bother. (laughs) Building the barn under these conditions is a whole other story. Wait a second. Now, when you're talking about show Arabian horses... um, my mom showed dogs, and it was very important to her to uh, control, portion the feeding of these dogs, mm-hmm. because basically they had to be supermodels. Skinny as heck, right. um, you know, hungry as they could possibly be <laughs> at all times. Personally, personally, I like my dogs a little on the fat side. Yes. Um, I don't it, like to feel bone when I pet a dog. But um, my mom, every time she sees one of my animals, she's like, oh my god, it's fat. And she's disgusted by it. So I would think... Well, your animal is fat. Well, <laughs> she doesn't. it doesn't count for the cats. Oh, okay. But I've had dogs through, you know, whenever I, whenever I borrow, whenever I uh, board one of her dogs, she's gone off on for six weeks on some dog show someplace. Gotcha. I'll take you know, sugar butt usually. And uh, when I get sugar butt, sugar butt comes back fat because sugar sure. butt is allowed to eat whatever she wants at my house. Gotcha. It's the price of uh, the dog boarding at my house. I'll buy the dog food. I'll take care of the you dog. Feed it human food? No, well, oh, okay. you know, when there's you just buy fatty, fatty dog food. I just let the dog eat however much it wants. I got gotcha. you. And um, so, you know, she comes back fat. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, my wife, uh, has her family has a golden retriever, and she thinks it's disgusting how large that animal is. And um, Julian lived with me for a time, and his Doberman, you know, fat by her standards. Okay. So I would think that these Arabian horses would have to be portioned how much hay they would be fed. Otherwise, you've got fat horses. Great point. I don't know how. I never raised horses, so I can't comment. But he says that uh, building the barn under these conditions is a whole other story that can wait for another installment. So there you have it. Plank number seven of the Communist Manifesto is alive and well in the U.S. of A. From Brian. And I can't disagree with him. He's he's laid it out there. Well, you know. Government uh, control of your land. Where is he, Colorado? He's in Colorado, yes. You know, here in uh, New Hampshire, we have a... Uh friend, uh, Jim Johnson, who's the husband of Lauren Canario, he's building a barn, and he's not getting any kind of uh, government permission at all. That's true, uh, and the, the government didn't like it very much. They don't like it much, but they're really not doing anything about it. They haven't shown up with guns. Well, thankfully, one of the selectmen is on his side in, the, mm-hmm. in that area, but uh, nonetheless, let's go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Fred in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Fred. Hello, gentlemen. How hey, are Fred. you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, number one, on the Communist Manifesto, okay. Number one, the abolishment of private property rights. Well, that's being accomplished real, real, especially through real estate taxes. You no longer own your house. Nope, that's true. You no longer own your property. Nope, you rent it from the government. Of, of, of income tax. 
uh, the abolishment of right of inheritance, the confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels, eminent domain. Isn't that confiscating your property? It is. Specialized uh, the banks, Federal Reserve, uh, number, number five. It's amazing. Number I mean, we've, we've been through the list, Fred, and it's just amazing how... Every one has been adopted. Almost every single one. Some of them partially, some of them adopted. completely adopted. And the American people are totally oblivious to it. The next time you go to a, a meeting with a bunch of, uh, with a bunch of, you know, with people you don't know really, you know, uh, show them the Communist Manifesto, but block out the word Communist Manifesto. <laughs> Most Americans would say, hey, this is great. Yeah. Most Americans would say, this is great. Oh, now, I think you're right about that. I don't know the language of it sounds awfully uh, communist, but I mean, if you could, you could rewrite you could, it. If you could rewrite it like the Living Bible, you know, with no, the. Show uh, it to them exactly the way it is. Just hide the words. Yeah, the Communist Manifesto. Right, because if you accuse an American of being a communist or supporting communism, they'll say, What? They'll get outraged. I'm not a communist. But yeah, yeah, you are. If another you support thing, public schools, you are. Another thing, you're getting ready to go in there. Another thing, Karl Marx, was the abolishment of the family. That has been accomplished in this country. Fred, you're the man. We appreciate hearing from you, sir. Thank you. 800-259-9231. It's a fact. The Communist Manifesto is in effect in the United States of America. And American people are asleep at the wheel, as usual. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away that we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by, for instance, oh, I don't know, becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier like almost 320 of our listeners have done. And uh, you can join them by going to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. Considering that we give you everything on our website for free, we're just asking that you voluntarily support us for 3 bucks a month. What you do is you get signed up, and then you don't even have to really think about it anymore. It just gets drafted from your PayPal account or from uh, any major credit card, and it goes into our account, and then we turn it around into promoting the show. It doesn't go to paychecks. It doesn't go to strippers or cocaine. It goes into, and I don't use or experience either one of those, but it... Um, no, I guess you haven't. No, I haven't. Um, it, um, so anyway, you send the money in. We turn it around into advertising for Free Talk Live. We uh, purchase industry advertisements in Talkers Magazine. We purchase internet advertisements to get more listeners on board via the internet and get more people exposed to the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's important to you, find out about the program. It's AMP. .freetalklive.com. Let's go to a bad cop story, Mark. What do you have for us? Well, um, it, it's coming out of Seattle, out of the uh, Seattle PI, I believe. Is that the name of a newspaper out there? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, like, it looks like it. It looks like a newspaper to me. Okay. The Seattle PI at seattlepi.com. Teen challenges system and wins. Hey, all right. Yep. A shoreline teenager took on the King County Sheriff's Office and won. A judge With a judge ruling on Friday, she was not to blame for an accident involving sheriff's deputy driving an unmarked police car. Hmm. In fact, the judge said the story of co- uh, the controversial deputy, Joseph Abreu III, simply didn't hold up. I do not find that he was a particularly qu- credible, wit- wit- Ugh, geez, credible witness, pro tem Shoreline District Court Judge Joanna Bender said of the deputy, who weeks before the accident had been found in an inter- internal investigation to be cheating in his off-duty pay, hmm. which I don't know what somebody gets paid in the off-duty for, but... I don't know either. Maybe it's he like was cheating on it, thing. whatever it was. Hmm. Defense attorney Michael Schwartz said the case never should have gone to trial. 
the prosecutors in any system here or anywhere else have to exercise judgment, independent of the police, said Schwartz, who for 26 years was a prosecutor and assistant state attorney general. It doesn't appear to have been done in this case. The judge said she believed the defense, wit- defense witness, including an independent bystander who said he watched a brew um, swerve his unmarked police car carelessly off a main thoroughfare, North, Northwest uh, 104th, uh, 145th Street, onto a side road where it struck Brown's Mustang while she waited to turn. Another man who lives near the investigation testified that he looked out the window and saw Brown's car immediately after the ac- accident, exactly where she said it was and not where a brew claimed it was. The sheriff's office and prosecutor produced no witnesses other than a brew, which doesn't. So you wait, wait, wait. You've got a uh, you've got a you've got a cop swerving and weaving through traffic, and then he runs into a girl that was essentially parked. She was wait, not, not parked, but she was waiting stopped. to turn. Correct. She was stopped. So basically, something like this. Then I I don't think that there's necessarily that he could just not he just hit somebody. It doesn't look good. But um, what I think is most indicative here is the sheriff's office and prosecutor produced no witnesses other than a brew. Hmm. They didn't see any reason. The cops said this is how it happened, and this is how it happened, and we don't care about all the rest of these witnesses, and we don't care what this girl says. Wait, what was his claim? I missed his claim. Well, his, his claim comes on a, a little later, okay. but basically, no, that's not what happened. She, she hit me. It's more or less what his claim is. But he hit her from behind, right? No, he hit her, he hit her on the side. She was waiting, and he kind of... I see. She was waiting to come off of a street. He turned onto that street and hit her. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, got it. The verdict put smiles on the faces of the Brown family and friends gathered in the courtroom Friday. The the family believed the stakes were much higher than the potential $153 traffic ticket. Brown and her family said they were challenging not only a bruised credibility, but also the credibility of Sheriff Sue Rahr, who the department's internal um, who and her department's internal disciplinary system. They resented having to bear the cost of the defense, which Crystal Brown's godfather, uh, Willie Barang, um, said cost $4,700. That's what it cost to defend this um, against this $153 ticket. No wow. wonder that people don't take these things to trial. Creating a situation that didn't happen is wrong, um, is wrong, and they have to pay for it, said Vicki Brown, the girl's mother. I think um, it's a lot of shady stuff going on. The police are protecting their own and the taxpayers. Gee, they the good, never would do something like that. The, the good the citizens blue line. are getting screwed, is what she says. And she's right. Um, you know, Typical. When you start hearing some of these quotes um, in this article, you'll just see it's true. And, you know, I'm not out after cops. I'm not. I'm out. I'm out after bad cops. I'm out after bureaucrats who abuse their power. Yep. Anybody who's in power in the government and abuses it, that's who I want to expose. I'm after the good old boy system, and that's what this is all about. A sheriff's spokesman, um, John Urquette, declined to comment on the outcome of the case except to say the sheriff's office wouldn't further investigate the incident unless Crystal Brown files a complaint. Vicki Brown and her daughter <laughs> called the sheriff's office to file a complaint on Friday afternoon, a few hours after the verdict. Okay. Yeah, there's a complaint. Your officer hit us and lied about it, and you wouldn't do anything about it until we took it to court. We're complaining. Okay. The case was and this fe- was a verdict in favor of the girl. Correct. Okay. The case was featured in the Seattle PI investigative series Conduct Unbecoming as an example of cases in which citizens believe they've been treated unfairly or um, retaliated against for complaining about officer misconduct. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy. I was like I was like going to cry, said Brown, 19, who was a high school student at the time of the accident who's now a community college art major. There was, yay, that'll go far. There was a gross violation of Crystal's civil rights, and it was intentional, said Barang, that's the godfather, who vowed the family's um, intends to seek further address with the courts and the U.S. Department, um, Justice Department. Good for him. I think he um, thought he could take advantage of her, and he tried. 
Shoreline City Prosecutor Sarah Roberts retreated outside to smoke a cigarette immediately after the judge ruled. I, I'm very disappointed, she said. She's, um, she believed Brown committed an infraction and disputed defense attorney Schwartz's claim that the system just doesn't work if the prosecutor is acting like a rubber stamp for police. So what does she say? That's ridiculous. I'm not op- operating as a rubber stamp for the police or the sheriff. I feel the judge refused to look at the physical evidence in this case. The physical evidence consisted mainly of grainy, almost undecipherable, photocopied pictures taken by a sheriff's sergeant um, of a stop sign and the cars after the accident. The other photos were provided by the body shop. Swellett um, testified he or the department destroyed the computer chip record of the pictures after the accident, though he didn't know when. Oops. Yeah, and he said it was done because the sheriff's office routinely destroys photo oh, yeah. records oh, of fin- sure. fender bender accidents. I can't imagine, um, you know, I mean, if there's a dispute, why you would destroy the records? And that just shows that the kind of incompetence mm-hmm. that's going on here and the disregard they have for proving their point. They don't have to. Or a cover-up. We're in charge. We don't have to prove that we were right. Right. Swillette um, has an extensive disciplinary record, and since the accident has been demoted from sergeant to deputy because of an Ooh. unrelated investigation. Now, this is the guy that was taking the pictures. This oh. isn't the guy that hit her. <laughs> this is another <laughs> Wait, deputy. what happened to him? <laughs> Who's that, Abru? The guy that hit her. The guy that hit her, he's um, he was demoted for this. He was uh, caught for an infraction of okay. uh, lying about his off-duty pay. All right, he's testified that what he worked mess. with a brew on and off for 20 years. Though he said he didn't socialize outside of work. Yeah. Schwartz, that the um, the defense attorney, complained that the computer record. Hey, we weren't socializing outside of work. We were still on the clock when we went to that bar and had some drinks. They get off-duty pay, I guess. Yeah. Schwartz complained that the uh, computer record was destroyed around the time he was requesting it as part of his evidence gathering. That's the defense attorney. Okay. This was the be- um, at best sloppy and at worst crushed questionable. The judge said destruction of the photo record, but she refused to dismiss the case on those grounds. She also refused to admit testimony um, about a bruise and Swillette's disciplinary re- records. So she wouldn't let that be said inside the courtroom that they were bad cops, but that they had disciplinary records. Right. Um, excuse me, just a second. I'm having. There's uh, no excuse for you. I'm, I'm having a computer problem here. is the toll-free number. If you uh, can't pull it up, we can uh, speculate. Neither Roberts nor the sheriff's office provided an estimate of the cost to taxpayers in pursuing the case, but Schwartz said (laughs) they had to um, put thousands and thousands of dollars into this. Shoreline uh, Major Bob Ransom said he couldn't comment on the city's handling of the case because he hadn't followed it. Hmm, Not a concern. Money's no object anyway. He could really care less um, whether these people see justice apparently. Sure, why should he? I thought this was over a long time ago, said Ransom, who recalled the case in the, the late 90s. The voters will forget about it. Yeah. won't affect his career. In the late 90s, where a brew was found to have um, entered the home of a city council candidate and confronted her without a warrant. Although the judge said she did not find a brew credible, she added she didn't mean that didn't mean that he lied. Hmm. So the judge wasn't willing to go out on a limb and say, this officer's clearly lying. I see. Just didn't find him credible. Gotcha. The prosecutor's case relied on some degree on a she claim. She probably didn't want to be retaliated against. <laughs> probably true. Apparently this guy doesn't have any problem busting into city council candidates' houses. The uh, prosecutor's case relied to some degree on a claim by two deputies, Swillette and uh, Deputy Abner Thompson. This is a new name that's mm-hmm. been introduced here. A nine-year veteran with a clean disciplinary record that after the accident saw the debris from a bruised car on the thoroughfare. That would suggest the accident occurred there, as Abreu claimed. Both admitted on the stand, however, they did not pick up or examine the debris. Thompson believes um, Swillette had photographed the debris, but no photos were um, showing where it had produced. So, yeah, there might have been some debris in the middle of the road, but that doesn't mean it came from the accident, mm. and it doesn't mean that it wasn't put there. By corrupt cops. Well, a brew. Yeah. 
who's clearly, by the sounds of it, lying. Yeah, he seems to be the kind of cop that's willing to do uh, what it takes to uh, CYA. 800-259-9231. More bad cop stories. Also, the president giving a speech. We might decide to heckle him in hour three. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, that number is 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features you'll find are completely free. That is, again, freetalklive.com. Let's go straight to the phones, to the fun. Dave in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Dave. Guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I just had a couple thoughts with regard to Ed Brown. Yeah. Uh, as everyone probably already knows, the guy who's uh, holed up in, in Plainfield, New Hampshire, refusing to pay the income tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to urge all the listeners who can do it, if you can get there, don't be afraid to go to Plainfield. Uh, you, you may not be able to go on Ed's property or stay in his house or anything like that, but uh, you, you, can go, you, you, can, you can serve a heck of a purpose just by being in the area. Well, now, wait a minute. Why wouldn't you be able to go on Ed's property? Uh, I mean, he's been pretty much letting everybody um, on, as I understood it. Well, it, it depends. I mean, some people can go in deeper than others. You know, a lot of folks have been able to walk into the property. He's not, letting, he's not letting everybody in the house. Right, and I think that depends on who knows who. Like, if you know somebody on the inside, then that'll make it easier for you to get in. For instance, you were there when we arrived, and I think you being there helped us uh, get on the inside. But uh, I guess maybe he's getting a little bit more choosy about who he allows in. Right, and that's a good thing. That's a, that's the kind of problem we want to have. Sure. Um, it's because there's more people coming in, more people coming from out of state. I don't blame him. I mean, you don't know who the feds are. They could be sending exactly. in undercover agents. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but there's you know there's a Super 8 motel you know 11 miles away that's pretty inexpensive, um, and uh, you know there's you know it's not a big problem to, to just get a place to stay and then come out there you know you know during the day at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's always stuff going on. Well, now, is it, wasn't he still? Now, hang on, wasn't he still inviting people to come stay in the in the the heated barn as well? Some people are, and some people are not. It seems like that's not. I mean, I'm reluctant to speak for him and say, yeah, you can go stay in the barn. I don't know that everybody can stay in the barn. That may be an exaggeration. Well, I would say I would say you'd probably want to um, run it by him. And isn't his phone number available online? It's uh, what is it? Quest for a fair trial at uh, dot blogspot.com or something like that? It, it may be, but it's ringing off the phone now, uh, yeah. ringing off the hook now. It's not, you know, necessarily a good idea to give him a call. Well, and I um, just, I would just show up and uh, and see how he feels about you and uh, let yeah, him decide. Yeah, and, and what if you, do. you know, if you don't get to go all the way into the house, or if you don't get to even go on the property, you're still able to, you know, be right out there at the entrance, and there's usually a bonfire, uh, you know, especially during the daytime. Some people right. are going to be sleep. Or, I mean, some people have slept over there at night, I believe, outside uh, at the entrance. And this again, and we're talking about yet. we're talking about Ed Brown. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, he's the man who is hold, currently right now holed up in his property at Plain in Plainfield, New Hampshire, um, uh, in a, essentially waiting for the feds to attempt to to raid his house. I mean, where that's we're just waiting for the hat to drop at this point. When do you think it's going to happen, Dave? Any idea? No, I'm not good at predicting things, but I will say this, you know, as long as we can keep the momentum building and more people coming out here, by here I mean to New Hampshire, preferably to the Plainfield area, 
I'm actually in Nashua today. But the um, uh, the more people we can keep coming up there and staying up there in shifts, being in the area, you know, there's just so many things that you can do. Even if you even if you aren't aren't sure, you know, you can stay here or there. You, you'll be able to do something. Just also, the area. also if you can get there, um, bring a, a recording device of some sort. If you've got it, uh, video camera, still camera, audio recorder, something like that. In case the S does hit the fan, you'll be uh, like, for instance, I was the only one there on Sunday while I was there that had the capability to do any sort of recording, um, as I understood it. So. There's definitely a demand. You mentioned this to me. There's a there's certainly a desire for more people with uh, video recording equipment on the scene. Yeah, there was one night while I was there, and I was the only one with a camera too, and that was an unnerving feeling. It would be better to have more people uh, with cameras, still cameras, and video cameras. Um, certainly, the more the merrier. Now, let's actually shift gears, um, Dave, because the as I understand it, you have been ordered to appear in in federal court. Yet again, and yeah. there was, it was a few months ago that you actually had a hearing or a trial of some sort in federal court. I attended the trial, so I saw what happened, where the judge essentially told you that he didn't really care too much about your constitutional arguments. He was going to fine you $125 for essentially holding a sign in a public office. Oh, I guess the fine was for leaving a piece of paper on the IRS, uh, on the IRS office's desk or something like that. That was what technically the fine was for, distributing handbills, so-called. And you tried to point out that you were just simply petitioning for a redress of grievances. Judge didn't care about that. No, he fined you uh, for 125 bucks, And you didn't make any representation to the judge as to whether or not you would pay it. And then I guess you were sitting in court the other day, uh, I guess about a week and a half ago at the Ed Brown trial, and one of the, the feds approached you and put something in your lap, right? Sort of, yeah. Um, what, uh, backing up just a little bit, when the judge ordered me to pay the $125 fine, uh, yeah, I didn't say whether I would pay it or not. I just left. But subsequent to that, I sent the judge a secret note telling him I would never pay the fine unless he could show me some kind of, at least some kind of vague constitutional authorization. Right. Now, you didn't um, share that note with anyone else but the judge. Exactly. Until because now. The way I looked at it, this was this was my way of giving them some maneuvering room. If they wanted to, all they had to do was nothing. They would lose no face, uh, but I wouldn't be paying them the fine. Um, I just want to make sure they had that opportunity, but they... I think They're they, not interested they started, in that opportunity. <laughs> just, yeah, they started seeing me around court again, you know, when the Ed Brown trial started. I think mm-hmm. maybe there was some kind of edict that may have gone out. If you guys see that guy again or he makes more trouble, then you go after him, you know. Because nothing happened until I showed up at court to support Ed Brown. It might just um, it might just have been bureaucratic laziness. I mean, they just might they might have already had essentially the orders to uh, s- subpoena you, but they just hadn't gotten around to it yet. And then they just happened to see you and figured they'd take take advantage. That's possible, but uh, definitely I'm still glad that I went out there because uh, because I, I had some good conversations with my tormentors, you know, the, the uh, Homeland Security guys. Uh, Every time they interact with me, I, I enjoy that because it's a chance to, to share liberty with them and to urge them to stop doing the wrong thing and yeah. start doing the right thing. Maybe they'll get a clue. But they've essentially ordered you back to court. Is it uh, coming up in March, I believe? March 13th, I believe. And Are you going? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I mean, unless I have a wreck on the way over there or something like that. Okay. Are you uh, uh, are you prepared to uh, to go to jail on this one? Because that's I, I feel some jail coming for you, my man. This isn't. I don't think this is going to be good. Yes, that would be my first guess, is that they would either jail me or try to garnish my wages or, rank, uh, you know, uh, attack my bank account or something like oh that. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, but when I when I told the judge, you know, I will not ever pay this fine until you've shown me a constitutional authorization, then I had to mean it. You know, once I wrote that right. note, that's the end of the story. So I don't have any decisions to make now. It's easy. And the constitutional authorization you're looking for is for them to prove to you uh, via some sort of reference to the Constitution that they can fine people for trying to uh, present the IRS with uh, an, inform uh, an informational brochure, essentially, or what was essentially your thoughts written down on paper. Well, it wouldn't have to be that specific in the Constitution. If they can just find, if they can just find something in the Constitution that at least vaguely authorizes them to levy the fine. That's how I wrote it in the judge. If you can find something in the Constitution that vaguely authorizes, at least vaguely authorizes you to, to levy this fine, um, you know, if they can do that, I will probably pay it. I might want to think a while about what they've told me. Mm -hmm. You know, if they just say, oh, blah, 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 I'm not going to say, oh, okay, yeah. I'll pay. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'll probably have to think about it. But like I said, I I'm willing to pay the fine if they can find something mm -hmm. uh, in, in the Constitution. It sounds like you're trying to give them as much maneuvering room as possible, and I, sure. you know, I, you know. Yeah, like he, I said, I'm not a constitutional expert. They should know there should be something in there they can point to. If they, I mean, if they took an oath to uphold the Constitution. Yeah, they should be the ones they that know be it. Able to find something. Yeah, great yeah. point. Unfortunately, I don't feel like this is going to work out too well. I, su I suppose you're going to be uh, looking for people to attend this particular hearing as well. Sure, but you know, like I said, it's two months away, and this whole the whole Ed Brown thing really takes precedence. So yeah, no doubt about it. Dave, uh, anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, nothing I can think of. Thanks for the call, as always, sir. Thanks we appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Dave, another one of the individuals who has spent some time at the Ed Brown household, and one of those who showed up without a firearm, like me because he just wanted to show support for Ed. He wanted to be there and be another warm body around to uh, to to back him up. Yeah, show up with a camera, not a firearm. You know what? That's what I did, and it was pretty valuable. I, I caught some, some pretty good footage uh, while I was there. 800-259-9231, free packet8.net line. I think the president's giving a speech right about now, the State of the Union address. We do this about once a year. We'll usually put him on the air and sort of... Let him get a few statements out and jump down his throat. Do a little heckling action. Uh, that's coming up. And we would do this if it was President Clinton, by the way. This isn't a partisan thing. I just don't like presidents. Or on the way, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there on the house and that does include updates you get signed up for the updates we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show updates.freetalklive.com that's updates.freetalklive.com and what's your liberty issue is it the war on drugs well register now for the february 2007 new hampshire liberty forum speakers including jack cole executive director of law enforcement against prohibition as well as rob Compia, the executive director of the marijuana policy project as new hampshire as well as new hampshire residents who are working to end the war on drugs freestateproject.org slash liberty forum for more information and to get registered that's freestateproject.org slash liberty forum well mark it is that time of year again it is uh time for the state of the union address mm. and this tends to be uh from time to time there's no set schedule it's just really whenever we feel like it I think we tend to do it on the State of the Union address nights, but there's an occasion on Free Talk Live when we'll actually pay attention 
to what a politician is saying just for the purposes of laughing at him. <laughs> well, it's, and, it's usually uh, a lot of sniping. And yes, uh, doing an excessive amount of sniping. Just like to preempt this by saying that uh, if it were Bill Clinton or George Bush or Ronald Reagan, we'd be sniping them too. It, this isn't a Republican-Democrat thing. It just it happens to be that this guy is the president, and he, like any president in recent memory is a lying, scumbag politician. So oh. there will be plenty of things for us to attack. He talks about small go- government and then grows it. Yeah, we in fact, actually were listening during the break, and he was talking about how he's not going to increase the size of government, which is absurd, because he has increased the size of government far faster than even Bill Clinton did. Well, he's had a lot of help, but he's presided over the uh, largest increase. So then, uh, before we get into it, though, just a quick point of information. On the day of his State of the Union speech from Raw Story, President Bush's approval rating has dropped to a new low of 28%. Yeah. According to CBS News. So with that in mind, and by the way, since it is Free Talk Live, you're welcome to chime in here. Uh, and as always, bring up anything. Don't hesitate to interrupt the president, because we certainly won't be hesitating either. Huge tax increases, huge deficits, or huge and immediate cuts in benefits. Everyone in this chamber knows this to be true. Yet somehow we have not found it in ourselves to act. So let us work together and do it now. With enough good sense and goodwill, you and I can fix Medicare and Medicare, Medicaid <laughs> and save Social Security. <laughs> it's just so, it's so cliche. It's just the same cliches over and over again. We could have just, I mean, we just tuned in there for the first, for the ten seconds. And what did we hear? Oh, they're going to fix, well, work together. We'll fix it. Fix Social Security. Fix Medicare. Isn't that what Bill Clinton said eight years ago? Didn't these politicians put this crap into place um, in the first place? Why is it broken? I mean, are there are the major companies out there, do they have a bunch of broken products? No. It's because they can't do it. Nope. And all they do Government is they promise. Government is inefficient. Right. They promise and they promise and they promise. Like, all of a sudden now... After decades of promising to fix these programs, now they're going to get fixed? It's who like, believes this crap? It's like the, the guy who hits his uh, girlfriend and then says, honey, I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to do it again, I promise. I love you, and baby. Then, and then he hits her again the next week, and then it, it just keeps on going on, and she keeps on taking him back because she loves him. Yep. And pe- Amer- the Americans, people, people love government. They, apparently they do. Well, the people that vote for it. There are a bunch of people that don't like it, and they just don't know what else to do. Let's go back to the lies. We must increase funds for students who struggle and make sure these children get the special help they need. Yay for the children. More education funding at the federal level. (laughs) We make sure our children are prepared for the jobs of the future, and our country is more competitive by strengthening math and science skills. The No Child Left Behind Act has worked for America's children, and I ask Congress to reauthorize this good law. Really? It's worked, huh? Hmm, how has it worked exactly? Are our kids smarter than they've ever been before? Are American children graduating with higher literacy rates than they ever have? Are they uh, moving up in the rank in the world rankings of uh, kids? As I far think as the answers are no and no. No and, and no. No. Don't tell the audience that though. They just love this. They're eating it up. Go, President Bush. Whatever you say is great. How much of the, what's the percentage of the State of the Union address that's applause? Like, of the entire running time of the State of the Union address, what percentage is applause? I'd say 50%. Yeah, about half. 
For all other Americans, private health insurance is the best way to meet their needs. But many Americans cannot afford a health insurance policy. Oh, boy. And so tonight I propose two new initiatives to help more Americans afford their own insurance. First, I propose a standard tax deduction for health insurance that will be like the standard tax deduction for dependents. Families with health insurance will pay no income on payroll tax or payroll taxes on $15,000 of their income. Single Americans with health insurance will pay no income or payroll taxes on $7,500. Yes, that's the solution. Expand the tax law. Make more changes to the already confusing tax law. How about this for a radical proposal? Let's just get rid of the flipping income tax. Let Americans take home 100% of their paychecks. Let's get rid of the Social Security tax and the Medicare tax. Let Americans take home 100% of their paychecks and decide what to do with it. Because I, I was talking with my girlfriend the other day, and she told me that if she was just able to keep the income portion, uh, the income tax portion that gets t- taken out, let alone the 15% Social Security and the Medicare, she'd have an extra $300 a month to take home. Mm. You do a lot with that. Yes, you could. You could certainly buy some health insurance. This deduction would help put a basic private health insurance plan within their reach. Changing the tax code is a vital and necessary step to making health care affordable for more Americans. Yes, because we need government to, uh, to make products more affordable for Americans via law. That's absurd. My second proposal is to help the states that are coming up with innovative ways to cover the uninsured. States that make basic private health insurance available to all their citizens should receive federal funds oh. to help them provide this coverage to the poor and the sick. So he's encouraging socialism. The, uh, the, the communist programs that Massachusetts passed in 2006 mm-hmm. and California is looking at passing here in uh, 2007, both, by the way, under so-called Republican governors. They're looking at uh, these programs in case you've not heard of what they're doing. They are going to make it so every person in the state of Massachusetts has to, by law, have health insurance coverage. And if they don't, they'll be forced to have health insurance coverage. And what he just said there was he thinks this is such a great idea, this mandatory health insurance coverage, which um, in California they're going to mandate that businesses who don't provide the insurance to their employees pay into a fund 4% of their payroll. Mm. So there's all kinds of mandates going around, being thrown around, all kinds of government centralization of uh, power and control. And Bush is saying, yeah, this is a great communist idea. In fact, let's encourage it by giving the states a financial incentive via the federal government's funds, via your taxpayer dollars, to implement more of these commie programs around the country. That's what he just called for. So you can expect more of that coming up here in uh, 2007. 800-259-9231 will rejoin the, uh, the lies. Which are inevitable. The The lies that are now in progress. Yes. And uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the number for you if you've got comments or want to bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring in whatever you want. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. Live streams included. A broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both awaiting you at freetalklive.com for free. Do you enjoy building things? Woodcraftplans.com has hundreds of blueprints for things like lawn chairs, rocking horses, yard shadows, fine furniture, and more. Step-by-step instructions and full-size patterns guide all skill levels. Woodcraftplans.com supports FTL. Please support Woodcraftplans.com. That's Woodcraftplans.com. Yes, indeed. So it is the State of the Union address. Uh, The current president uh, happens to be giving the same old crap. I mean, he's spewing the same old crap that every president has spewed. We tuned in last segment, and immediately he was talking about saving Medicare and saving Social Security, which is exactly what they say every single year, and nothing happens. Not that we ever expect the government to save these programs. They're government programs. They're doomed to failure. They're doomed to create unintended consequences. Let's see what uh, the current liar has to say here as we tune back in to the State of the Union address here, 2007. America's on the verge of technological breakthroughs that will enable us to live our lives less dependent on oil. And these technologies will help us be better stewards of the environment. And they will help us to confront the serious challenge of global climate change. He was uh, spending, uh, we were, I was listening to it during the break a little bit, he was spending a number of, he was a, a bunch of time harping on the environment and uh, all these government programs that he wants to create in order to help the market uh, come up with alternatives to gasoline and that sort of thing. Look, the, the market doesn't need your help. As a matter of fact, all, it's, it, no, the market, you can't help the market. The market will come up with solutions right. for gasoline if the market needs solutions for gasoline. And anything that you give as a, uh, a bonus only hinders other things that probably the thing that would would happen in order to uh, that the market would naturally come yeah, up. The, the, yeah, the the market would naturally come up with, and you're going to mess it up because you think that it's going to be hydro um, hydrogen fuel cells, or you think it's going to be solar powered cars, or you think that it's going to be I don't know methane driven fart cars. <laughs> Whatever it is that you pick, it isn't necessarily what's going to happen. Ooh, they're really excited now. one 800 Feel free to interrupt the president any old time. For all of us in this room, there's no higher responsibility than to protect the people of this country from danger. Oh, boy. Here we go. Five years have come and gone since we saw the scenes and felt the sorrow that the terrorists can cause. Need I point out that the Supreme Court has uh, over and over again ruled that the government has no obligation to protect you from anything? We've added hmm. many critical protections to guard the homeland. We know with certainty that the horrors of that September morning were just a glimpse of what the terrorists intend for us. Oh, this is it's just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, they've been waiting. Uh, it's only been, what, five years, six years? Since They're they... waiting for the big one now. Yeah, they, it's going to happen. Remember how long it was before the first um, World Trade Center attack in the That's second That's true. One. That's true. It was, it was uh, decades. So just keep waiting, America. <laughs> like a decade. That to win the war on terror, we must take the fight to the enemy. The government is the enemy, in my opinion. I've got a lot more to fear from the government of the United States than I do any terrorists. Some shadowy terrorist group out there somewhere in the world. 
from the start, America and our allies have protected our people by staying on the offense. What? The enemy knows that the days of comfortable sanctuary, easy movement, steady financing, and free-flowing communications are long over. For the terrorist life since 9-11 has never been the same. Our success in this war is often measured by the things that did not happen. We cannot know the full extent of the attacks that we and our allies have prevented. Ah, yes, we've been so busy some of what we keeping know. you safe. We stopped an al-Qaeda plot to fly a hijacked airplane into the tallest building on the West Coast. We broke up a Southeast Asian terror cell grooming operatives for attacks inside the United States. We uncovered an al-Qaeda cell developing anthrax to be used in attacks against America. Just last August, British authorities uncovered a plot. To all blow of up these things, planes all of these, even if he's even if what he's saying is true, and I have no reason to believe them. But even if what he's saying is true and they've stopped all those things, they've foiled all those plots. Well, the plots wouldn't have been occurring were it not for our dismal foreign policy in this country, were it not for the United States meddling in other countries affairs in other sovereign countries, sovereign states, were it not for the United States screwing around around the world for decades, none of these things would be occurring here. We would just be another one of the many countries in the world, and we wouldn't really have anything to fear from terrorism. But it's because of the United States meddling that we have terrorism today. So I don't know what he's, if I don't know what he, if what he's claiming is true, but even if it is, it'd be a non-issue if it weren't for our violent foreign policy. At war. In the mind of the terrorists, this war began well before September the 11th and will not end until their radical vision is fulfilled. What's your radical vision? Given us a much clearer view of the nature of this enemy. I'll tell you, his vision's a police state for America. He was talking about uh, more immigration controls, more restrictions. That's not an America I want to live in. And their goal is the opposite. They preach with threats. With <laughs> right? It's more of this creating the, the boogie paradise. monster over there. You know, we did it during World War II. We talked about how vicious and bloodthirsty them Japanese yellow, mm-hmm. yellow-faced zipper heads were. And, um, you know, we're doing it now. Every war, we talk about how awful, inhuman, and terrible the other team is. And now... We're working with the uh, awful, bloodthirsty, vicious zipper heads. Any of them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're friends. Um, Germans, we don't think that they're nearly as terrible as we did in 1942. Yes, their awfulness has uh, reduced in the last several decades, apparently. You know, it's just, it's crazy. But these these people have a way of life. Well, it's sig- their religion. It's their religion to want to kill us. And he's attacking... They hate, they, they're supposed to turn us into slaves, all of us. And he's attacking them for threats? Well, he makes threats all the time. He's the president of America. It's his job to threaten people, apparently. In recent times, it has also become clear that we face an escalating danger from Shia extremists who are just as hostile to America and are also determined to dominate the Middle East. Once again, the difference between America and the United States. And it's typical that politicians will confuse the two. They have an, in, they, they have an intention to. Uh, or they've been uh, just brainwashed enough themselves that they don't know the difference. You and me, Mark, we're Americans. We are not United Statesians. The difference is these people uh, who hate so-called America, they don't hate America. They hate the United States 
The United the States government. federal government. The United States is an organization of individual states, also, which have individual 50 different governments in them. The United States is not America, and it's not you and I. I am not the government. I am separate from it. Let's go to Brent in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark, and I'm not responsible for what they do. Hello? Hey, Brent, hey Brent. you're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, hey. I've got an idea. What's up? Oh. Hi. I've got an idea for uh, protecting us from terrorism. Sure. A specific thing we could do. Basically, I think we should stop giving money and weapons to Israel. Okay. I think that... Why don't we just stop giving money and weapons from everywhere? Yeah, it, 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 it seems a little unfair to uh, to just single out Israel. Let's stop giving money and weapons to all foreign countries. I'm talking about one specific thing, though, that I think, um, if you listen to some of the rhetoric that terrorist leaders or whatever, you know, that you that you see the little sound bites on, on uh, CNN or whatever, that terrorist leaders say this and demand that and mm-hmm. whatnot, you know, we, for instance, President Bush needs... Uh, an enemy, and he needs a reason to fight that enemy, right? Yes. And his enemy for right now is brown people that live in the area we call the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And the reason he wants to, he needs to fight them is, you know, they blew up some buildings apparently, you know. And they also, you know, I mean, it's it's not like um, there's a lot of. Um, all right, I'll tell you what, firm up your thoughts, Brent. We're going to come back to you. Hang on, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More on the way. Just time for your call. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but still enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Uh, once again, that number is 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That's right. It is the world's largest Internet retailer, 35 categories of products, and anything that you buy, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of if you shop through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Once again, that's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Two, Brent in Missouri. You're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. So, Brent, you were presenting uh, to us a plan of what should be done to reduce, was it terrorism? Yeah, well... Um, to reduce the amount of offense that we're dealing out to the Arab world, basically. Okay. Um, you know, us supporting Israel, the very idea of a state of Israel is very offensive to um, the vast majority of that region. I mean, that's why they constantly attack it. And it's kind of like it's kind of like this kid brother that we have, but it's kind of a bully. <laughs> you know, it's like we have a kid brother that's a bully, but anytime some of the other kids get together and try and give him a black eye, you know, we jump in and say, hey, you better stay away from my kid brother. Mm. You know, and I mean, it's the third largest nuclear power in the world. We gave them all their nukes. They have a better army than any other country in the area. Far and away, a better army than any other country in the area. We gave them half their weapons. We support their army with our money. You know, all these different things. And it's not just that we do this to just some random com- country. It's that we do this to a country that was created for Jews in an area that doesn't like Jews. You know, I mean, this is an area where where the idea of a Jewish state is offensive to a lot of people. So you're saying I don't say one way or the other whether there's a Jewish state. I just don't. I mean, I understand that it has holy, you know, religious implications that they want it to be in that place. But you know, if if Israel would have been put in, 
You're Montana, saying you're you know, saying if they right. set up the state in Montana, then it wouldn't have made it wouldn't have created this problem. You're saying let them fight it out on their own yeah. without any American aid, but also you're also agreeing with us that uh, no foreign country should get foreign aid from well, the United I, States. I do government. agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. I just think that you know one specific thing that we could do is just I mean they don't need our help anyway. Like I said, they're the third largest nuclear power in the world. They have the best army of I mean they could wipe out that entire entire area without using their nukes because they have an army that could just like mow down everything if, mm. if they wanted to they do have a pretty good, uh, pretty impressive army and it, it's you kind know? of interesting that uh you know the powers that be there the u.n decided that hey it'll be a great idea to take uh, this section of uh you know middle east and turn it into israel and this was right after world war ii yeah. mm-hmm. um when they could have just as easily done that and like you said montana yeah, yeah. Mm. well and it's not and, and even beside that you know after they created this state, then that state started annexing little bits of countries around it. Well, and I I don't I don't have a problem with that part. You know, the, that yeah. they won those pieces in wars where they were uh, were attacked. I mean, you know, the reality yeah. is Israel exists, and I don't have a problem with Israel defending itself. And if it gets in wars with some com- country that loses and they lose a little bit of land. I don't have a problem with it. That's how countries have expanded, you know, throughout the ages. So we all agree then yeah. the f- the foreign aid needs to end um and the money needs to stay here in the United States, right? Yep. Very good, Brent. Thanks for the Thanks, call. Brent. We appreciate it from you. 800-259-9231. It's simple, too. Just stop it. Announce to the world we're done. There's no more government-sponsored foreign aid. And if you want to help another country out around the world, then open your own wallet. Feel free. Create your own little charity and collect money on your own and send it to who you think you who you think deserves it. Why can't we just leave those decisions in in the hands of individual Americans? Let's go back to the president uh, uh, president's State of the Union address, uh, which of course uh, you've made. is just full of lies. Half truths. Largely united in our assumptions and in our convictions. And whatever you voted for, you did not vote for failure. <laughs> yeah, but, but you get it every time. And I ask you to give it a chance to work. And it doesn't matter if and it's President Bush or President Clinton or the Democrats in charge or the Republicans in charge. Government fails at virtually everything it attempts to do. And if it doesn't fail completely, it succeeds and costs a buttload of money. On their feet, not Oh, I think it's over. Showing a strong hey, uh, NPR commentators. The, the play-by-play gals on. The and here's the president. He's walking there. off yeah, the so stage. That's a fine suit he's got on. His wife looks lovely. I'll tell you what. <laughs> that guy wears some really nice suits. Here he goes. Long after you and I have turned our duties over to others, and that's why it's important to work together, so our nation can see this great effort through. One twenty oh nine. He turns over those duties. Should work in close consultation. Hopefully. That's why I propose to establish a special advisory council on the war on terror, made up of leaders in Congress from both political parties. We will share ideas for how to position America to meet every challenge that confronts us. We're going to work together to make America the biggest police state in the entire world. I'll work hand-in-hand with the Democrats to accomplish (laughs) that. So that the American armed forces are ready for all the challenges ahead. I mean, after all, the Democrats support me in my increasing the power of the presidency because they're, if they get a candidate <laughs> elected, then they'll have all that power. I'm telling you, we're going to work together, America. Yep, doesn't matter who. Our active Army and Marine Corps by 92,000 in the next five years. Good luck. 
Marine Corps is not having as much. They're not having much trouble, but the Army's having a lot of trouble recruiting. And he's talking about increasing recruiting numbers. <laughs> Good luck. Second task we can take on together is to design and establish a volunteer civilian reserve corps. Such a corps would function much like our military reserve. Would ease the burden on the armed forces by allowing us to hire civilians with critical skills to serve on missions abroad when America needs them. We give people across America who do not wear the uniform a chance to serve in the defining struggle of our time. A new bureaucracy! Americans can have confidence in the outcome of this struggle because we're not in this struggle alone. We have a diplomatic strategy that is rallying the world to join in the fight against extremism. In Iraq, multinational forces are operating under a mandate from the United Nations. We're working with Jordan and Saudi Arabia and Egypt and the Gulf states to increase support for Iraq's government. The United Nations has imposed sanctions on Iran and made it clear that the world will not allow the regime in Tehran to acquire nuclear weapons. No, look, buddy, it's nuclear. You still, his advisors apparently just aren't telling him these things. You know, and it's okay for Israel to have them, but not okay for uh, Iran. Nuclear. I'm sorry, Iran. Iran's a sentence. Well, like, I ran away from grammar class. The UN, the EU, and Russia were pursuing diplomacy to help bring peace to the Holy Land and pursuing the establishment of a democratic Palestinian state living side by side with Israel in peace and security. This guy's such a weirdo. The Holy Land. What? <laughs> Which land is that? It's Israel, is that buddy. Israel? Yes. What's, is this like a Christian thing? Is, is, it, is it the Christian's Holy Land? Is that the deal? Yeah. Because... Maybe there's a chance that there are some Americans that don't agree that it's the Holy Land. You know, like, they might have a different religion. There's plenty no religion. of Americans that believe right. it's not the Holy Land. Or no religion at all. And uh, and maybe they agree with Brent that uh, we don't belong in somebody else's Holy Land or messing around around the world. The Holy Land. He's so weird. The Homeland. So there's the Homeland, which is here in the United States, which is an awfully Hitler-esque sort of a phrase, by the way. The Homeland. The fatherland. Mm-mm. Then there's this holy land thing. Just can't we just keep it just straight? Israel and the United States. Why do we have to have these little terms to go along with them? It bugs me. American foreign policy is more than a matter of war and diplomacy. It's a mess, is what it is. Our work in the world is also based on a timeless truth. To whom much is given, much is required. What? We hear the call to take on the challenges to of hunger. To whom much is given, much is required. Oh, I see. So because we give a bunch of American tax dollars to other governments around the world, don't fool yourself into thinking that poor people in those countries get that money. It goes to the government bureaucrats. So because we give a bunch of money, taxpayer dollars, to government bureaucrats in other countries, we require them to do a bunch of things. That's what he's saying, right? It, it, it sounds like it. Okay, just want to make sure that's clear. The number of people receiving life-saving drugs has grown from 50,000 to more than 800,000 in three short years. I ask you to continue funding our efforts to fight HIV-AIDS. And I ask you to provide $1.2 billion over five years so we can combat malaria in 15 African countries. All sounds very, very nice. And I support helping uh, other 
you know, poor people in other countries I be less too. sick and be less hungry. And I have. But I would never look to the government to provide that help. No, it's, it's not business that they should be in. Absolutely not. It's just going to result in waste. It's going to result in more money going to the pockets of those bureaucrats in those other countries and very few people actually getting the help that they need. That's the job of uh, organizations like Red Cross right. and the many other, you know, feed the world type organizations. And with private out there. charities, you can guarantee that your money's going to go where it's supposed to because they'll show you where the money's going. It won't be wasted. And if it is wasted, you can stop giving them the money. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We'll be back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.